Well, uh, this morning, um, I wanted to read um, two short passages in the book of uh, Mark, or the Gospel of Mark. And uh, we talk a lot about Jesus's baptism, but maybe not quite as much right after his baptism when he's uh, uh, driven or pushed into the wilderness. Uh, so I want to read those two um, those two stories. And this is from the Gospel of Mark, which uh, um, the prose is much shorter and much more direct. And, and you certainly get a, a feeling for for the atmosphere there. So in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days and he was tempted by Satan and he was with the wild beast and the angels waited on him. And this is uh, the word of God for uh, each and every one of us here today. Amen. And so as we take some time just to, to pray and to reflect on this passage, I wanted to ask the question, um, what have you thinking about that desert as, as a metaphor for life, uh, for God, and for Christ. Uh, there's a maxim that says uh, everything that happens to Christ happens to us, and I believe I found that to be true. So what have you learned, or what have you found out about life, about God, uh, about Christ in the desert? How does that desert remind us, or how does it represent, you know, the, the world that we live in? So let's just take a few moments to pray and to reflect on that. Let us pray. One of the um, my favorite quotes, or, or I thought about it some, is uh, <coughs> Roar always says that, um, you know, when you think about it for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, I'm not for sure what the timeline would be, that people um, existed and lived without uh, the Bible or sacred scriptures. And so he's of the belief that God was always there. And certainly in the beginning, there, there was God creating. And so he always says that nature is God's first Bible. And that if we learn to read and, and pay attention to nature, then we can discover discover God and everything there. And I'm glad that we have plenty of uh, nature lovers on the call today, a few scientists and everything, people who spend a lot of time in the desert. <clears throat> so just opening that question up, what do we learn uh, about life, uh, about God, about Christ uh, in the desert, that, that, that desert wilderness? And so uh, just feel free to share. And if you, if you have a comment there, just let us know there and we'll, Dana or I will call on you there. Anybody? brings a, a wide range of experiences and it's a uh, just an incredible metaphor for life and everything and uh, in this passage in, in um, Mark really brings it about as well because Jesus is um, he's baptized in, in the Jordan River by John and the heavens part and then the spirit descends upon him like a dove and then he hears this voice uh, from heaven that says you are my beloved son you are my beloved daughter we, we we hear that through our baptisms as well or remember that and with you i'm well pleased 
And this is kind of one of those foundational verses in, in our faith, just knowing that we are beloved children of God. But then in Mark, there's this really stark contrast because immediately after we have this beautiful, peaceful, life-affirming moment, <clears throat> that very same spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness or into the, I would say, the desert wilderness. And so you go from all this peaceful, comforting thing to this image of G Jesus being pushed or driven into the wilderness, into the, the desert. And that contrast between the, a peaceful spirit like a dove and the same spirit driving Jesus into the desert has always been really difficult, at least for me, to grasp and, and to comprehend. And so what do we make out of the spirit pushing Jesus into the desert wilderness? And many of you uh, commented on these very uh, ambivalent uh, feelings and experiences in the desert. And there's a, a maxim that, that is, uh, I think it really speaks to us as whatever happens to Christ happens to us. And just taking time to think about all the things that he experienced in his life. So we can ask ourselves, have we ever been driven into the wilderness? Have we ever been driven into the wilderness or pushed into it? And thinking more uh, figuratively than, than literally there. Or we could say, <clears throat> have we sound? Excuse me, have we found ourselves in places that we would rather not be? Our, our desert times in life, desert places. And what does that desert represent to us? Alan Jones, he, he wrote a, a very, uh, just a phenomenal book. I haven't read it for years, but I picked it up this week. And it, the book is called Soul Making. And then the subtitle is The Desert Way of Spirituality. And he talks about how the desert is a dry and desolate place and how it is barren yet very beautiful at the same time. And he says the desert wilderness is the place where nothing goes, nothing grows rather, and where our very existence is threatened. And so just think about those times in life when we found ourselves in the desert. Maybe we wondered, uh, are we going to be able to go on? And everything we thought was true turns out to be false, or at least there's some major cracks in what we believed. And as we live life, we find ourselves in the desert quite often. And so the question is, what do we do in the desert? Do we learn and do we grow when we find ourselves there? Do we still see beauty in the pain and the sorrow that we might be experiencing? Are those flowers still present? Henry uh, Nguyen says, there is a moment in our lives when we stand before the desert. And we were talking about this in our class the other night. And I think we kind of had an agreement that it would be nice if we had one moment <clears throat> standing before the desert. But as we live, we learn that there are several moments in life where we're in the desert there. And as Ilga mentioned, this pandemic is a desert moment. 9-11 was a moment, a long moment in the desert as well. 
desert moments and desert times can differ for all of us. Uh, we can grow up in a harsh home or in a harsh environment. We can get lost and, and lose our way. We don't know where to go or what to do. Our relationships suffer and go downhill. We struggle with our job or, or to find our, our purpose or meaning in life. Our health deteriorates. Death knocks on our door. We, we become very disillusioned. And I found this especially true with a lot of my friends after 9-11, just, the, just that disillusionment and, and the things that they were leaning on were no longer there. <clears throat> so we can become disillusioned as well. In the desert, we can easily lose our faith because everything that we believed in dies. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the truth comes to us. The truth is revealed to us. The desert is a barren, lonely, arid, <clears throat> and parched place. And it's a very difficult place to live. However, when we spend time in the desert, and we could hear this in all the comments that, that people have made today, we discover its complexity, the beauty, and the wonder, and the awe, and how life is everywhere. And before we move down here, I've always appreciated the, the desert from a distance. Uh, I would drive by it and take a picture, but I would not stop. And I can remember several years ago, like I was writing about in the, the meditation, I can remember reading an article about these shrimp that lived in the desert, these small freshwater shrimp. And that's just kind of fascinating. I go, there's, that's impossible to have shrimp living in the desert, even if they're just little tiny things about the size of a fly or something. And so I remember we loaded up our, our minivan and with Andy and Roe were in elementary school and and we took off and it was the springtime, maybe uh, just a couple of weeks after now, probably mid-March or so. And I remember driving, it was overcast and one of those typical spring days and it was cold and windy and it, and, and it had just rained. And the kids were asked, where are we going? I said, oh, we're going to, we're going to the desert and we're going to look for shrimp. And we went to, uh, to the Canyonlands National Park, just north of uh, Monticello there, that, that first little turnoff, and many of you have been there. And they just thought that was really hilarious. And dad, shrimp don't live in the desert. And I said, I know, I, I didn't think so either, but I, I just read about this. So we're gonna go see if we can find some shrimp. It's supposed to be the ideal time of year to see them. And so we paid our, our entry fee there at Canyonlands National Park. And then we went and uh, we parked at a trail. It was called the Pothill Pothole Trail. It's supposed to be the ideal place for these shrimp to come out. And I started walking along this trail and there's potholes all over the place and it's rained. And so they're all filled up with water. And of course we were, and we were just kind of running from one pothole to the next pothole and we couldn't see anything. And it just got colder and more miserable. And kids were getting flustered and there aren't any shrimp out here, dad, let's go. And then we're just, just getting on those nerves. And I said, well, let's just look. Let's really, and look. 
at one more pothole and we found one that was a little bit bigger than the rest of them. And it started to rain and I remember we got down on our hands and knees and we just peered into that pothole. We just looked and looked and we couldn't see anything. And we continued staring into that pothole. <clears throat> and then I remember Anne seemed like an eternity. She said, oh, there's one. She goes, I see one. And she pointed it out to us. And right after that, she goes, there's another one. And there's another one. And it was just absolutely amazing. And you and all have conveyed the, this as well. This place where we thought there was no life. There were literally dozens and dozens of these fairy shrimp in that pot. And it just filled us with so much joy and so much hope that there's an entire ecosystem in that pothole that we knew nothing about everywhere. And then, and then we could, it was impossible for us not to see those shrimp. And then I remember the kids ran, or they ran off to these other potholes where we couldn't see anything before. And all of a sudden they were just seeing shrimp in all these potholes. And I just kind of glanced on the, on the internet. And I think there's over 300 species of shrimp in the desert. I'm not for sure how many live in the, the Moab area there. It's just absolutely amazing. Jones says, the desert of which I speak is a desert of the spirit. It is a place of, of silence, of waiting, and temptation, and hardship. But it is also the desert is also a place of revelation. and transformation and the rains transform the day and we learn to see with new eyes we find life in a place that we thought was just in all darkness and we all know this and we've experienced this in life that sometimes the, the darkest moment are the places where we are more aware of god's presence and that love and that grace the most. And we discover that nothing can separate us, love and the peace and the goodness of Christ. Pothole is suddenly full of life. And we discover that an entire ecosystem can exist in what appeared to be completely lifeless and dead. And if you've ever crossed a flower, that's blooming in the desert, then you know what resurrection is. A few of you, I think, remember uh, several years ago uh, when Connie was leading our older adult group and we went out to Capitol Reef Park, their national park. Flowers were supposed to be in full bloom. And we were so excited to look at all these desert flowers. And we were out there for a day, day and a half, and we didn't see one flower. And finally, we went on this one little trail and there was one flower in bloom. And you would have thought we were looking at the seventh wonder of the world to see that one flower offering hope. <laughs> we all gathered around that flower. We're taking pictures and everything and I have some of them somewhere, but here was this flower blooming in the desert. And if a flower can bloom in the desert, then we can bloom anywhere. Joan says, in the desert, eat in the desert patiently, 
we weep, and we learn to live. What do we discover in the desert places and in the desert times of our lives, which mirror our actual deserts? And I think we start to discover that in sorrow, there is joy. Pain, there is healing. In death, there is resurrection. And as I mentioned, we realize that if a flower can flourish in the desert, then we can flourish anywhere. And God is with us. And we start to have gratitude for all parts of our lives, including the and Jesus encounters the wild beasts, the darkness, the pain, and the suffering in the desert. We get a glimpse of his humanity, and it's a real struggle for him. And we can't undermine how difficult that time for him and for us in the desert, how difficult it is. But everything he experiences, we experience as well. But the story... The story doesn't end in despair and hopelessness. If we hear this story again, I find this amazing. So the spirit immediately drives him out into the wilderness. It's a place he would rather not be. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days. He was tempted by Satan and he was with wild beasts. And then that last part, and he just says it all. And the angels waited on him. That in the middle of our deserts, where life just seems overwhelming, where it seems so barren and hopeless, the angels wait on us. Like, and what that feels like can be different for all of us, but we know and we can continue to go forward. Our desert places and our desert, desert times can be severe. They can be very challenging, but we die to false ideas and beliefs. And if we keep our, our hearts and our minds open, rains will come and they fill us with hope, with new, with mystery and wonder and awe. We know that God is with us and that, us. and that grace is everywhere, even in the desert. Amen.